guys, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always. Hey guys, Brian. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Amateur Auteurs. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at AuteursPod, or email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at theamateurauteurspodcast at gmail.com. It would also mean a lot to both Brian and I if you could leave a review or rating on whatever platform it is you listen to the show on. The feedback and support is always definitely appreciated. So, Brian, we have uh, another dead film to talk about, and this is your recommendation, so why don't you take the lead on this one? Yeah, so I, I recommended George Romero's 2007 film, Diary of the Dead. Um, I don't Is this part of another greater trilogy, like Lan- or, uh, the other films, the older films that we were just like, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, is like the Dead trilogy. Is this part of anything, to your knowledge? I don't think so. I think, because... Obviously, we have the original trilogy with Night, Dawn, and Day. And then I think, you know, the only films that George Romero could get financed are his dead films. And I think Land of the Dead was moderately successful. And and then that just kind of led to these next few films. I think it was only three of them. I think there was Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and then Survival of the Dead. And then he unfortunately passed away before he could make a new film. And supposedly what I've read online is that George Romero had, like, so many scripts that were never, I mean, never came to fruition, and they all had to revolve around zombies in some capacity. I think the one that that kind of stands out to me, it was kind of a mix between Death Race and Zombies, and I kind of read, like, a brief synopsis of, or, like, a summary of what it was, and it just sounded, like, it sounded pretty... Ch- terrible in my opinion but it was never made but i think that i don't think that these are part of like you know a larger saga i think that these are the only types of films that george romero could make in his later years of life so or anderson is like more modern style filmmaking i think these were the only ones he could get made but i i'm curious why did you pick diary of the dead as opposed to something like land of the dead which was you know one of his first arrays back into filmmaking or, like, as opposed to Survival of the Dead, his last film, and a film that is interesting in its own right, but why Diary? Because I feel like it's in that mi- that mi- uh, that middle ground of I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, because I'll just say right now, I don't really like Land of the Dead or Survival of the Dead, which actually I think Survival of the Dead is a companion piece to Diary of the Dead. It revolves around that... that um, that that army guy who robbed them in the fir- in Diary of the Dead, which we'll discuss later, but I don't know. I just don't like those two movies. I think Survival of the Dead is just awful, and Land of the Dead is a little too campy, a little too sloppy. I think Diary of the Dead perf- strikes that balance of being like it's seriously campy, but it is still all over the place and not and not necessarily a great movie. But I think the reason I chose it was because like of all in the spectrum of George Romero, like we have, like I said, the Dead trilogy, which is like his best stuff, and then now his later half, especially the zombie films, are kind of on the tail end of that, of like on the other side of the spectrum. And I thought it was just in- interesting. That's why I kind of it's not a coincidence that I chose Dire of the Dead immediately after we did Dawn of the Dead, just so because I feel like there's still so much to talk about either, like, from a fall from grace or, like, different or different contemporary themes bringing into this work. I feel like there's, there's still stuff to talk about in the evolution of George Romero. Yeah, and I'll say right off the bat, like, I, the last time I had seen this film was probably high school, and I 
maybe maybe freshman year of high school so like we're th we're talking like you know 2010 or 2011 and i mean i have this in my movie collection i mean i bought it when i was you know a freshman in, in high school and i guess at that time i don't really know or remember how what i thought of it i probably thought it was you know a decent superficial zombie movie and you know it was just zombies with like found footage but I, I just haven't had the urge to return to it. I think I've seen Survival of the Dead more than I have this one. And, I mean, Survival of the Dead's a separate conversation. But, yeah, I was I was very... I kind of had a head-scratcher, especially following our Dawn of the Dead discussion. Because I think that, you know, I gave Dawn of the Dead a 10 out of 10. It's perfect. I will not give <laughs> Diary of the Dead a 10 out of 10. I think... I mean, I think... I don't want to say fall from grace. I just think they're... Diary and Dawn are just on the two opposite spectrums of the filmmaker that is George Romero. So that's kind of what my initial thoughts of the movie were. Um, I also want to say I don't, I didn't really know what to think of it going into it. I, I watched this last night for this conversation, and I, I have, uh, I had some notes down, but I'll try and remember them because at some point I just stopped taking notes because it was just taking me out, and I, I remembered thinking I should not take this movie so seriously because I watched a lot of reviews and read some reviews and people just tore this film apart but they just kept saying nothing makes sense this isn't realistic like this is bullshit and this movie is not supposed to be taken realistically but I also don't think that it's as campy as you might describe it as I Brian. think well maybe not camp isn't the right word but I think it's just so meta about what it's trying to do and that, that, that and I agree with you. If you're taking, if you're going into this film, taking it seriously, like I'm going to get a bona fide zombie film that will legitimately scare me. Then you're already in the wrong place. Uh, yeah, like if you if you take it seriously, it, you're not going to enjoy it because it is it is so ridiculous, and that's the whole point of the movie, I think. So and I think it's so in like some moments of the film, it's so obvious that you shouldn't be taking this film very seriously. And it was kind of the same issue with Survival of the Dead, is that people, like, that movie tanked, and people were just trashing it because of how ridiculous it is and the CGI of that film. I remember the CGI and, and, really taking me out of it. When I watched it, it was, like, really bad CGI. Well, in my, in my uh, copy of Survival of the Dead, when you hit play, it's, it's kind of funny and just kind of how I feel like uh, pathetic isn't the right word, but it's like George Romero pleading to be like, don't take this movie seriously. He's like, we had a lot of fun with this movie. It's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's lighthearted. Is it fun. him saying that? Yeah, it's literally him in a director's chair with like the survival of the dead, um, you know, like backdrop. And then there's like half-assed <laughs> zombies just shuffling around him. He's like, don't take the film so seriously. We had fun making it. It's supposed to be a comedy. And when you kind of look at that, and I feel like this film, in a sense, it makes a little bit more sense, but that doesn't make it good. But that's kind of my first impressions going into the film, Brian. So why don't, why don't you just kind of give me your initial impressions of this film? Because, because ultimately, why did you choose this film? Well, I think going off of our formula of, like, story, themes, and characters, um, I guess we can just go straight into... I guess the story in the sense that it starts off now I kind of forget it's been it's been a few days since I've seen it it was it now did they start with the with the the news crew or is it the 
the narrator, the woman, saying, like, we've made this movie. I think it starts with the news crew, right? No, it starts with the news crew establishing that this is found footage and also kind of... Because the whole theme is... Or the contemporary... Or the... Uh, the commentary is on the media. This whole film is the media. And this is so heavy-handed for... I mean, George Romero is not subtle in his filmmaking. Um, and like I said, his his scripts and his production aren't his strongest suits. The strongest suit is found in the editing room. And, and so here, he starts off the film like literally hitting you over the head with what this film will be about. The first ten minutes... So we start off with this the scene of, you know, the new, like, Fox 5 news, whatever, at this apartment complex, and we're getting this scene, oh, this, you know, this undocumented family, the father shot his family and then shot himself, uh, EMS comes in, they're, like, the news reporters, you know, giving the news, and then, you know, in the background, this, this family is zombified, and they start attacking people, and then, you know, shit goes downhill, we transition to our narrator discussing, you know, what what's going on. That this is a documentary film about it's it's called the because Diary of the Dead is never on the screen. It's it's the death of death. It's it's this whole. It's uh, kind of like the Blair Witch conceit. Like this is quote unquote real. Ex- yeah, except um, except she says like and unlike these films, I'm gonna put in music because I am trying to scare you. And it's that that part. I'm like, oh, okay, that's. You could have just not said that, and I wouldn't have cared. It wouldn't have mattered. But I, I do want to go back to that first scene, though, because I really well, like I, it. I just want to, I just want to say something real quick about that whole narration, and we'll probably get back to it. When she says, "Oh, I'm going to add music because I just want to shock you and try and scare you," that in this it doesn't that doesn't really make sense. George Romero kind of contradicts himself a lot in this film, in that. So his whole commentary is how the media sensationalizes and warps the truth. And, you know, this, her adding music to this footage, A, is sensationalizing the footage. She's trying to scare you. So that's kind of going directly against this whole commentary of, oh, the media is li- or not lying to you, but it's putting this spin on you. So it doesn't make sense that this character is like, oh, I want to I wanna add music. Because that's kind of, I mean, in the context of the film, that's kind of disrespectful. I actually watched a, a review that had a really interesting analogy, if, if very uh, <laughs> dramatic, and that he said the this equivalent is like putting music over the 9-11 attacks. Like, you don't, like, you're already seeing very disturbing visuals, and you don't need music to kind of elevate that for you. If anything, it kind of, oh, it sensationalizes it and kind of takes away from the images and is disrespectful so i think that kind of works here or that 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 idea kind of applies here and i don't really like the idea of just adding music i think and i think it goes back to george romero being a very i don't want to say traditional it's it's just that he can't make a scene without music like he there has to be something in there to kind of set the scene and i wish he never even did that throughout the whole film because there's some really questionable music cues yeah throughout this film no i agree but that's kind of what i wanted to say about that yeah i guess that is like a remnant of like old style filmmaking where you need like at least because because this this found footage this is the same time as like paranormal activity coming out cloverfield will come out next year blair witch already came out like none of those films and the films that are pretty good, that are found footage, never use uh, music cues. Or at least music cues that are, like, uh, 
that aren't like inorganic to the story. Like if something in the scene is playing music, that's what you'd hear. But yeah, none of none of the people are like, oh yeah, post post everything happening, I'm gonna put in music. Like it's it's interesting that yeah, it's just like an old guy who thinks like how to make a found footage movie. And it's like, oh, I need to and, put in music. And we'll get more into this in like the cinematography part as well before we get too off tangent about the first scene. But George Romero clearly doesn't know how to make a found footage film using the rules that that he tries to establish with the found footage. He he constantly forgets that the character that the camera is a character. So there's many scenes when, you know, zombies just ignore the character holding the camera solely because they have the camera and which is kind of bullshit. But, you know, before we get too far into that cuz there are moments where that happens. Let's what what were your thoughts about that? That first opening scene. I actually, I really like it. I think it really does set like a creepy tone, and that I do like the idea of just like a news person. This really messed up thing happened, and then you're wheeling the bodies out. You see dead people walking around, and then even like when they're twitching on the gur, er, oh yeah, on the gurney. Like it's like it's like it's it's enough to. I like the visual. That I guess that's all I'm gonna say about. It. And then they start shooting the zombies and stuff. I like it. I mean, I like the visual and the idea, but the execution is just, I think, kind of poor. Uh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk about realism in this film because that just, like I said, is not the point of it. But you know, the acting. I feel like campiness. It's it's like a really fine line that you have to walk, and if it works, it works. But it could really backfire. And I don't think that he was going for a campy attitude in this opening scene. I really think he was trying to make this shocking scene. And, you know, the news anchor takes me out of it. You know, I don't want to say people don't act like that, but it's just, it's just like, weird and unsettling. Not, not, no, not unsettling. It's just jarring watching this, this woman react to, you know, zombies in this way, you know. Because campiness doesn't mean people are stupid. And, you know, the zombie walks up to her, and she literally just lets it bite her face, and you don't even see it. She slinks down, um, and I, I that line of him just like, this can't be happening. This can't be fucking happening. Like, that, like, completely takes me out of the scene. See, I like uh, I don't know. It. I think the, oh, I think I, the, the film is full of those, like, so that's why I'm saying it's, like, meta, because, like, that's something, like, a stereotypical, you'd say in a stereotypical zombie movie, just like in every other horror movie, it's, like, Mother of God, or, like, God help us. It's I think it's the same thing where it's the equivalent of this can't be happening. But like I can't I don't think he's he's not making fun of the cliche like how like this is 2007. Like the clichés have existed for years at this point. And I don't think he's making fun of them. Like he's not doing what, you know, Cabin in the Woods or, you know, Cabin Fever or like the Evil Dead had to, even the Evil Dead like way before its time uh like He's not making fun of the cliches. I just feel like he's using them because yeah, he's but an I think, old. But that's what I'm saying. He's an old style director. That's why I'm saying it's meta because it's aware of the cliches it's using. I'm not saying he's making fun of it, of like the zombie genre, but I think he's totally aware of like this is the first scene in a in a, in a post apocalyptic zombie movie that this happens. Someone says this can't be happening in disbelief. I think I think he's totally aware of that fact, and it's not that he's just like. He just wrote it in because people say it. I think it it is like a meta sort of thing, not not necessarily a commentary. And I think, and I think the rest of the writing does show that like they're having fun with it and put in those little references or twist it a little bit. 
I guess. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't see this opening scene as that. I think he I, just I'm not saying the scene. That. I'm just saying with that line. The scene is like no, just a like, generic opening scene with zombies, which I think, yeah, it c- executed a little poorly, but overall I think was okay. Well, I don't know. Because th- there's another thing that reminds me that I just remember now, like when the, the, like the teenage zombie comes out of the gurney and grabs the EMS and then the EMS just like kicks him in the face. Yeah, no, that was stupid. Yeah, I was just like, oh, uh, okay. But that's why I think that this whole opening scene was meant to be serious. But then he's like, yeah, just kick him. And then the, and then the actress was trying to show off her, her how great of a stunt coordinator she is. And she just threw this, this kick to the face. I, I don't know. It was just very jarring for me. And I didn't really know the scene. Because there weren't... Because I wasn't... Like I said, he, he isn't having... He isn't making fun of the cliches. Like that I feel like that that kick is funny in itself, but there wasn't anything funny leading up to that moment where they're like, you know, making fun of, you know, these over dramatic scenes in a film. Cuz I feel like if George Romero actually had like, you know, a commentary of what zombie films were at that time, this film could actually work so much better, but he decides to focus more on the commentary of the media. Uh, the modern media of that time. So I don't know. This the opening scene was, it, it it's it's like how I view the the entire film. I I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if I like it or if I don't know, and I don't know if I hate it. So that's the opening scene. Then we like we said, we mentioned the whole opening narration, filling all these you know all the all the sensational news media uh, B roll that we have. But then we get right into the film, Brian. So what do you think? What do you think of this uh, this kind of opening number with them filming and because this is where George Romero kind of throws in his own commentary, like we said with uh, Dawn of the Dead, the first I think, at least first act of the film, George Romero kind of has mini commentaries and then the second and third act he really gets into his main commentary, and so here what I remember, you know, there there it's a student thesis they're shooting, uh, some uh, mummy film and I'm sure. They're referencing some other like old cinema that I'm not aware of, but the two things that I got from it were that you can't like r- you have to move slow. Dead things move slow, or you'll uh, break your ankles. So that's George Romero's commentary on the fast-running zombies that were, became popular at the time. With 28 Days Later, the the remake of of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, 28 weeks later, you know, it's kind of this notion of fast-moving zombies, um, and then you get this whole thing of, oh, you're gonna grab her dress and her, like, you know, her tits fall out, and she says, no, that's not gonna happen. Why does that always happen in movie in in these horror films? And so, again, that's a line that I think is just him saying, and he and he got that across with Galen Ross in, in Dawn of the Dead, like, no, like kind of these these strong female characters don't need to do this. And he explores it in Day of the Dead as well. And I think a little bit in Land of the Dead, but mostly in Dawn and Day. But then he contradicts that right at the end of the film, but we'll get to that one. Yeah, no. Um, well, what was the question? Well, just what did you think of this opening scene, kind of setting the tone of, you know, this is the zombie moving, we're establishing who our... opening of who our characters were. But, you know, this is where we start learning about you know, Jason, as a filmmaker, he's very particular. We're learning that the zombie apocalypse is just starting and, and kind of who all these characters are and how... Like, I think they're all just 
blatant stereotypes. You know, we have the blonde, we have the jock, we have the nerd, we have the skeptic, we have, you know, the driven documentary, or the documentary filmmaker, we have the alcoholic <laughs> uh, professor, or the, like the ex-veteran, and so, yeah, well, and that, then we transition. Kinda, that is my problem with the film, ultimately, too, is like that it's like these characters are just literally what you just said, they're like the, 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 the tropes, all kind of just thrown out there, and he doesn't really George Romero doesn't really do anything with these with these tropes or anything like that. Like in Cabin in the Woods, there's like oh like, um, Thor plays the jock, and then there's the there's the the teens like the the athletic teens, and then the the dopey blonde girl. Joss Whedon and takes stoner yeah and, the stoner and the, takes and, and all the these virgin. takes all these tropes and has fun with it. George Romero just kind of throws them into the story, but doesn't try and do anything with the tropes because they are the tropes. They're just kind of there for the sake of the story. Um, and that's, well, that's what and I that's mean. a little like... sloppy. And I'm not saying again, there are, there are things wrong with this movie and I think, and I, but I, and I don't, I kind of like the idea of him, like just kind of being out gorilla style filming in the woods, just like his roots. But it's funny. Cause I've been on like senior thesis shoots and they've been just as bad as that. Where they just like the movie just sucks, but that's yeah, and, I, and I've been there. on, I've been involved in a, in a senior thesis, and we were, and it was just like three guys. We were like, all right, let's just movie movie wasn't that good, but we stand by it, obviously. But this is what I mean that if George Romero actually decided to make a film about you know this commentary on what the zombie or what horror films were like at that time, you know, before these films that we're doing it now, like with uh, most notably Cabin in the Woods, but if if he decided to do that here, this film would have worked better. That's why I think the opening would have worked better with this kind of this semi-serious but like really ridiculous things going on. Or you know, I don't even know any of the characters' names outside of Jason, but or Jay, whatever whatever you want to call him. But they're all stereotypes, and I don't really care about any of them. And he writes dialogue that fit each stereotype, which is why this is weird that he's, like, he's he's kind of doing a semi-commentary on, on the horror film, but he just, it's like, no, I want to do it on the on the media, and this, and this, um, distrusting of the government, like, he's, like, because he, he's a, definitely an old hippie, but it's just, I just think it's really odd that he, he chooses to do the sensational media while also contradicting himself and making a sensationalized film, so... I, I don't know, and then we and then we transition into the dorm room, and nothing really happens here other than we get the introduction to our narrator, and kind of sets the whole. The two things that I get from it is that it kind of sets the the drive for her character to get home, because that's what drives the entire second act. It's just trying to get back to Scranton, PA, from Pitt. Yeah, you know, obviously Pittsburgh, George Romero, uh, Pittsburgh hero, native, but then. Also, it's starting to insinuate this, uh, or not insinuate, just really drive home this idea that, because we see the opening, like, like the cameraman shoot on her laptop streaming, and, and he's filming it, and this is where I start getting the point that I feel like George Romero is kind of praising these, uh, you know, guerrilla journalists, I guess you could call them, you know, people that go, that post things to LiveLeak, they post them to Reddit, WikiLeaks, whatever, this uncensored news media, and this is where I start getting that, that idea that he's praising them, but, you know, bashing, or, or having this negative spin on, you know, the national news media, 
but you know, there's not really much from the scene. You get you get the weird segment of the of the robber. I like He's that. Like, oh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, I'm stealing shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. It, I think, it kind I think, of works. I think. Well, I think that's why. He's like he's peppering this, the peppering in this humor that you're not supposed to take it seriously, and it's jokes like that that reaffirm my belief in that. And it's just like you're just supposed to just sit back and have fun. It's just some guy stealing stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm just stealing shit," you know? It's 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 funny. And that and I think that joke worked. It's weird, but I think it was I laughed. Got a good laugh out of me. No, I definitely like that. Like that's the camp that I think works in this film. It's like it's full of so these. Ridiculous. It's like full of these one-liners that are so ridiculous in the mood. Or in the moment. Yeah, and, and that's and that's why I'm like, this is why you shouldn't take this film seriously, because it's the one-liners like that, whereas the, this can't be fucking happening doesn't work for me, this line, well, I'm just stealing shit, what are you doing, with, like, you're the, what's a, what's a male and do it in the, in the female dorm with a camera, ooh, like, that, that works for me, but, I, I don't know, so this scene, you know, you don't really get anything other than the introduction, and then we get back onto the RV, where they're kind of doing their candid openings. And to me, I don't think any of these actors are any good. Maybe the old man, but I don't like any of these actors. I think yeah. they're they're all very, very young, very... Co- it feels like a senior thesis film in that they're all just... It's very clear that it's a, it's a community theater hour, I think, in my opinion. But I think that kind of works for the nature of the film. Like, I don't, I don't need them to be giving Oscar-worthy performances. I just need them to be kind of in the moment of the scene. and I th- or, or just kind of what the film is cu- trying to get at. And I think that they, they fulfill that campy nature. They, do, they serve their role. Yeah, the only character I really like is the guy with glasses. Because he, was, he is the one with the most personality in his delivery. But other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't, the, the characters themselves suck, but that's, that's not the point. The point is for something greater. Yeah. And so let's kind of like put it on a, on, I guess on fast forward for this point with the discussion, because, you know, we get, I feel like at this point, it's just the zombie indulgence and because there's no really like commentary yet. No. Because, you know, we get the, the state trooper zombie and we get the character of, I think your name is Mary, whoever drives the RV. I, I don't know what she, I think, I guess she's a production assistant, whatever, like continuity. And she, you know, ultimately kills, or she runs over some zombies in her. Well, there was, and they, even in her within RV, that but, scene, there was, a, there was another line where it's like, you see the dead cop and you're like, oh, he's dead, he's fried, or oh my God. And then they're like, then the guy with glasses is like, I guess he doesn't want your license registration or something. Like again, it's like I got a good laugh at that line because it's so stupid, and it's funny. I also just want to mention real quickly, like you can trash this movie as much as you want. I, I think the zombies look pretty good. Uh, you definitely this definitely is a low budget, low budget film, but you know I I'm almost positive Greg Nicotero, you know the Tom Savini protege. I I'm almost positive he did all of the makeup effects for this film, like the practical effects, and he is, he's a, he's the modern day Tom Savini, he, you know, he got his work, he got his start on Day of the Dead, he worked with Tom Savini on that, I actually, I'm not sure if he worked with Tom Savini on that, but either way, you know, he's, he's done a lot of horror films, most notably, he is the lead makeup for The Walking Dead, and, and say what you will about that show, the makeup and the zombies look great. So and he, and I'm almost paused and he has a cameo as a, as a zombie in this film. Wait, is it like noticeable or he, 
Yeah, no, it's completely noticeable. It's in the next segment when he gets into the uh, and we get to the hospital. Oh, is he the? This... Do- oh, is he that doctor or whatever? Yeah, he's the doctor. Oh. But so the way we get to the hospital is, you know, the the guy from Queens, the the skeptic. He kind of uh, everyone's like, "Oh, you did nothing wrong." Everyone's very accepting that these people are dead, except him. And he said, "Oh, you know, we just ki- like you're not only Jesus Christ can get up and walk. Like you just killed three people." And then Mary, the driver, goes, and says, no, I did. And then they're all waiting for her, and then she shoots herself. But she's still alive. So then we immediately jump cut to the hospital, which I, I actually, I really do enjoy the hospital segment. And just just because it's it just kind of pure zombie fun. And, you know, the hospital's abandoned. We go through, and then we get, you know, the great Nicotero zombie, where he, we're, we're starting to learn with the characters how to kill the zombies, what they are. And so Greg Nicotero, he gets shot in the head. He's down. And then the other, the I guess the nurse, which we get that line, oh, dead doctor, dead nurse. Makes sense, doesn't it? Which, eh, whatever. Um, I think this is an awesome kill, or at least attempted kill, when they get the um, the uh, oh, the, de- the defibrillators and put them to her head and her eyes explode. I think that was, it's, it's, a, it's a fun kill that I feel like kind of harkens back to you know, the Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. How can we just kill things in really interesting ways? And then, but then we get more lines. You know, Jason stays back. We get some stupid schlock about, oh, that guy looked nice. You want to hear me scream for the camera because so we can document it? Like, oh, my God. But Yeah, that was dumb. But then we get the jock. He, he's just, like, you know, killing people. And the, the most, I think the stupidest line of the whole film is he just turns around and like, I just killed another man. I've killed three men and a woman in half an hour. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's not even, like, a good line in any respect. Unless you're, like, that's, like, that's that comes from, like, a, it's so bad, it's so good, but this isn't, this isn't good. And, that, and, that, just, and that's, like, like, a poor line of delivery that I can't justify or defend. I'm just like, ooh, that's, that's, that's bad, but. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, Mary turns into a zombie, so then the teacher kills her. And then we start leaving, and I think there's some... Some I don't want to say pretentious, but it's some d- narration about you. Oh, we can figure out who you are so fast. And I was like, oh, this has nothing to do with this commentary. It's just melodrama that doesn't work for me. But then we get I think one of the better kills of the film when, and this is what I'm talking about. What I mentioned earlier when George Romero doesn't know how to make found footage films, is because he forgets that the camera is a character. A zombie literally ignores our our uh i guess our main camera operator the main like the director of the film to go over and bite his friend in the arm like it literally just walks by him like it's no big deal but it comes from behind him and it makes again i don't want to say it doesn't make any sense but it's like you just that framing and blocking was awful they just forgot that they are a character that the camera is like not yeah i guess he just forgot that the camera yeah, is still there. that's what I mean. And that's why I think he doesn't know how to make a found footage film. Because that's not what that's not how these films operate. And 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 and, and it's one thing if he had a commentary about it, but there's no commentary about it, so it's just stupid. Um, but then, you know, the nerd gets a kill with the IV pole and he just starts stabbing. He was like, Oh, is he dead, Tony? Like, how can he be dead if I'm stabbing in the heart with an IV pole? And then he you know, knocks him down, st- st- uh, spikes him through the head, and his brain comes out. And then, you know, Tony dies, or not Tony, the the jock, he dies the next day. And we get another callback to, 
you know, a, another, I should say, a homage to George Romero's films when we have to wait for, we, we want to see if the zombie, or if, if, if you're bitten, you're revived, you come back. And it's very much a homage to Peter and, um, and Roger from Dawn of the Dead, where he just kind of slowly sits up and then the significant other, like a good friend, shoots him in the head and then we move on. So, I don't know. I, at this point, I am not really super into the film, Brian, and and now we're starting to get more so um, the media kind of coming into this because this is, I feel like, the end of the first act, and now we've got the mini commentaries out of the way, and now we're getting into the the main commentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, keep going. yeah. You were saying? No, no, no. It was just so now we're just moving into the. Yeah, I mean, uh, after the hospital, this this is where the film definitely starts to like lose it for me. And it is starting to get a little more unfocused because I, I do think that George Mirror like kind of had like I would like to talk about this, but I don't really know how. And I mean, like, and it is appropriate that it's like, oh, like the mass media thing and manipulation, because I mean, even when we were there in 2007, that was I mean, at the almost the height of Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, I think it's like post surge. So a lot of people are dying. And, and I mean, I'm sure the the mass media news engine is just in full blast with the with its propaganda machine just trying to justify our existence there and our and our place within the world right now but yeah no i i think it is starting to get a little a, very sloppy and and it, and it is failing in that regard and there there's just so much like on or there's just so forget so much forgettable stuff here i mean so well i guess the next segment we get samuel the amish guy which, I don't know why this is in this movie. It's one of my favorite segments, but just because how outlandish it is. And, and like, this is where I'm like, okay, this is very clearly not supposed to be taken seriously. So, like, their RV breaks down, and this, and this deaf uh, Amish man comes out, and he's writing on a chalkboard. and dying like, oh, look, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like uh, <laughs> zombies behind you, and he comes out and he just gets dynamite and throws it at the zombies and like you know kills them and explodes. And you know I get the line of uh, I, this is my favorite shot of the film where he writes "Hello, I'm Samuel" and he holds it up, and then you get the nerd in the back like I thought the Amish were friendly folk, and then like an explosion happens and he gets covered in dust. Like that I thought worked, and I think this segment works of just how crazy it is and. Because you're like, oh, like, okay. And you get some, like, really interesting, unique kills, you know, with the scythe kill. But, you know, it's so wasted because Samuel just dies. And, he dies like, in a pretty I mean, cool way, but... Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't um, really justify a 10-minute segment because we get a cool kill from, a, like, an interesting character who is underutilized. They probably had written that scene and they said, where can we put this in here? Or, like, George Romero had, like, an idea of, like, this would be kind of funny. Like, what if there was just a deaf Amish guy with dynamite? That'd be, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? And you're like, yeah, it is. I just feel like you shouldn't write a film around just cool death ideas or just, like, funny little one-off characters. That's not how... That's how you make a really... Like you said, unfocused. So that segment, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's... And it's a, it's a one big callback to Night of the Living Dead. You know, they're in a van. They have to, like, shut the doors. Like, the, they're getting swarmed. And... But it just isn't effective. So, I don't know. It's it's fun in itself, but it's uh, it's mostly just pointless. Which I feel like a lot of these these segments 
in the second act are just utterly pointless. So then we get to they need supplies and they go into like the National Guard Reserve and like I feel like these are all just insular like separated moments like they don't factor into this larger story. Maybe this warehouse bit because that's this is when we kind of get the first indication that the like the government is editing and and uh sensationalizing or really just warping the truth which we get a cameo from george romero as the police chief talking about that incident in the beginning of the film and of course we're all privy to what's going on because we've seen it but you know he says you know they weren't dead they were dead when my men shot them don't worry about it but what i don't understand here is what why that how that could be believable because we've seen literally towns we've seen areas we've seen hospitals completely abandoned because of this crisis but the government is still kind of putting in on this facade that oh everything's fine we're gonna handle this don't worry about it i just not again i don't want to say believability but it just doesn't work in the context it's, of the it's film. just not consistent like, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not consistent in that way that it's just like, okay, well, if you're saying everything's fine, then why have, why is every... Well, I mean, the answer is because of low budget, but even still, you can try and make that consistent within the universe of your own film. Because everything's obviously not okay, but, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, and then this segment, we get more fights of Jason just saying, like, oh, we got 72,000 hits in a day, it could be a million... And he he's kind of doing that. He's he's saying that he's doing this to help people. I think he's doing it because he's actually getting famous, and that's what like the girlfriend character kind of insinuates it. But then it's such a it's such a short short conversation, such a moot point because she says like, "What the fuck? We're trying to survive. What are you doing?" He says, is "This we're helping people survive." And instead of you know coming back with a retort or just like you know arguing that. Just like it's all about you, she says you know how to win a con- you know how to win an argument, and then walks away. I'm like, well, that was pointless. And then because you could say like, oh, you're like he's he has the argument of oh we're we're helping people survive, and then she could say well you're just becoming like you're sensationalizing, you're taking advantage of all this because he's not interested in making like a survival uh you know document document he's not interested in documenting survival he's interested in making a sensationalized film because and that's kind of brought home where he says oh say the line again keep doing this because i I didn't get the camera angle kind of reminds me of like matt johnson in the dirties where where it's just like this this very dedicated guy who's just thinking of like the film and says oh say that again i i didn't get that we need to get that even when like a zombie's walking around he says wait say that again i didn't get the shot he's like there's a fucking zombie walking around and you're just editing your little movie and and then in the end of the film, that's such apparently clear, where he's not interested in helping anyone. He's more interested in just getting the film. But they don't explore that avenue at all. And and then we get the segment, or we get this little text message moment of, oh, my family's home. Pack your shit. Let's go. And then a zombie's walking around. And I actually kind of really like this idea of the whole national guard. Like, oh, this has gone to shit. Like I, like it's essentially like I'm God because I have the power. But he says, oh, one of my buddies, or one of my men had a bad heart. He died. Problem is, we don't know where he is. And I just kind of like this segment where they're, like, running around, like, nobody move. And then they think they got him. And like, oh, we got him. And they turn him around, and all the, like, everyone's like, oh, shit. And then, yeah. you know, the guy comes behind him, and they melt his, his head with uh, hydrochloric acid. Which you're like, eh, whatever. It's fun. It's Again, a fun it's segment. Again, it's a cool death. They're probably like, 
How can we get this guy to here to get the acid melt his face or his head? Oh, okay, here. Yeah, I feel like it's all just like orchestrated just around the deaths, like you've been saying. Yeah, so then they, and then, you know, they get their supplies, they leave. She, I mean, I guess she asserts herself, just like, oh, you gotta kill us because we're not leaving without this stuff. It'll be, e she says, it'll be easier to give us what we want than to kill us. I don't know why she thinks that that's true. Because that guy could have easily just been like, alright, and then shot her in the head. And then been like, alright, cool, now we have an RV. I don't know why they thought in the context of the film that that was a good thing to say. I guess because it's still not, it's still early enough, like we're like day two, that, that like, people haven't really lost all their sanity. And then he says, oh, you remind me of me. Here's your gas, you get it, you all get weapons. Yes. And, yeah. And, and then, you know, and, and we just, you know, we get supplies, but then... And then we, so do you have any more, do you have anything more to say before we get to the home, which I think is another completely wasted <laughs> segment? No, I agree with you on the home part. No, that's it. Let's just jump right into that. So the home, we get home, or we get to her house in Scranton, and, and they kind of treat it like she just got off a field trip. Like, oh, uh, okay, like, you guys go, you guys get home, so uh, I'll call you later. And he says, okay. And then Tony's like, don't be an asshole. We're going to wait with her. And so they all go in the house turns out the family is there and which but here's something that i don't understand either so we we go into the house they look at the car like all the camping material or supplies are on the ground and they go to the side and the house or like the uh the window is busted and she says well, okay well my dad was driving my my brother was in the back so that means that that blood is my mom's i'm like wait what do you mean that that blood is your mom's it looked like someone just bashed their face against it and they started bleeding i don't understand why she thought that that meant that her family was in danger, but she she goes into the house and and her brother attacks her, and we and we get we get this stupid narration like I was thinking about leaving this out, but I wanted to show you what actually happened, and then the zombie jumps on her back. No one seems to help her until the until the professor shoots an arrow. Magically, at his head. able is like a master archer. Whatever, like, I'll give the film that conceit, because I don't really give a shit at this point. Yeah, no, exactly, I'm like, okay, whatever, he's amazing at archery, he managed to hit this kid through the face, I was like, oh, okay, like, whatever. I mean, I think it's kind of a cool visual with just, like, this this kid with an arrow, with this, like, <laughs> this must be, like, titanium arrow, just, like, being hung on the wall, kind of like a callback to uh, Halloween, Halloween, I think, yeah. when Michael Myers hangs the guy with a knife. But, and then we go around, and we see her mom, like, eating the dad, and then she gets killed, and then the professor says, I think we should go. And then they fucking leave. And we're like, okay, so the whole, like, I think it's, it's, it's not bad to reinforce this tragedy, but they cut it off so abruptly, and I think it would have been more interesting if, if they had more, they explored more with this character, or kind of maybe even made the mother character, like, above the zombie, like, kind of cognizant of, like, what's going on and who this, who this character is, but I think it would have been really interesting if, instead of, like, attacking the daughter, she kind of, like, held her a little bit, like, kind of, like, a, a, a this very deep, rooted memory and then they and then she gets killed for because of misunderstanding that i think would have like something other than let's go to the house and then kill the family and then move on yeah like like it was just so and there's no again there's no commentary there's no message here it's just i guess it's supposed to be just tragedy i don't know i didn't really think the scene worked very well 
other than because we just move on and 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 there's no emotional emotional turmoil that this character experiences after watching her family literally be killed and butchered no yeah it's it's completely just wasted opportunity and i don't really again yeah it's just it's just there for the death i guess so. yeah it, it, again the sensationalized deaths but so then after this we get more new stuff i think there's the whole i, I correct me if i'm wrong we get into this um like the SWAT team footage, and they bust down this door with these old. This old couple is, you know, housing zombies like Dawn of the Dead with the housing project because they don't see them as dead. They see that there's still a respect in death, and and then you know some SWAT members get killed, and then they end up killing the like the old people. And I think it's this commentary of just the distrust for police brutality or, or just the government in general, and. And, and and it's just like okay all right this is another like it's not a warped truth it's just it's just another mini commentary that he's trying to force in here so and then we get into the the mansion but did you have anything to say about that little police little that that squat skirmish I was just, we move I was to gonna mansion? say yeah I was getting dawn of the dead vibes from that one little scene but no you you nailed it. Yeah, so then we get to the uh, the mansion. So Brian, why don't you tell us about the mansion and and the whole segment that occurs here? Well, it's um, it's the friend, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's the it's the mummy, the guy that plays the mummy. Right. Yeah, who was kind of like a jerk in the beginning. Um, it, well, it, even it's funny because like you kind of get the vibe that like something's wrong even when you start there, and at first it's just like you get there and then. Because he's not really right. Did you get that vibe as well? Oh yeah, he 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 he's, he comes off like like he opens the door and he's like, oh hey, it's so great that everyone's there. It's also weird that he's still wearing the mummy costume. Oh yeah, I forgot he was still wearing that. Yeah, it's just like something. You're you're like okay, something's a little messed up here. Either he's lost his mind or something or other. And it's like whatever it is, it's like it's too good to be true. And like this is like the climax of the film, which is like kind of a again an unfocused climax because it's like, what does this have to do ultimately? At least with Dawn of the Dead, it was there. There was that the themes there that like and it ended up tying into the ending and well not necessarily the ending but the fact that we became so disillusioned that and then it kind of turned on its head. This like uber almost sad ending where like a lot of people die. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Where we got well, yeah, the and themes. I mean, if were... you want to talk about with Dawn of the Dead, I mean, it, like you said, it, it flips on its head. It, it becomes this like really f- like comical segment with the bikers and stuff. But then a shit ton of people die. But it also still re- it it reaffirms that idea of consumerism, where the bikers represent literally the worst of humanity with that, and that they're literally just stealing stuff for the sake of it being stuff like there's no rhyme or reason why they're taking things like the the one dude was taking a, a mannequin for for no reason uh like they were taking jewelry they're taking money they're taking things that have literally no value in that world except for that it's just material and in here there's no re- like reaffirming that you know sensationalized media is like the death of us all there's like it it's like it's so heavy-handed in little, in like sporadically throughout the film, but then he's just like, eh, let's just let's just you know end on this this segment of, of uh you know the dedicated artist dies for his craft, which is I which is stupid because that's just another kind of theme that doesn't really make any sense, but because he's not because he's because the character of Jay is not necessarily disillusioned like he kind of is, 
but there's no like gradual things like he's not saying like crazy shit or, or like insane insane stuff like no one's like you've changed because he so okay so what we we're jumping ahead a little bit but so what we find out is that this mummy character or this dude he is explaining and i actually kind of like that character because everyone else i mean granted it happens really quickly but they're on the road they're with each other they're able to cope with what they're experiencing but he is by himself he's isolated he has no one to you know comfort him in this horror that he's experiencing because he had to kill his whole family he had to kill his the staff he had to kill I, presumably this girl that went with him but he's been alone and that has driven him insane and you know he had to bury them in the quote-unquote bury them in the pool and i and i honestly kind of like the way that this this actor uh, delivers this insanity, just kind of like laughing. He, or it's just like this, like really nervous laughter. He's just, you know, he's bro, he's a broken. And I actually kind of really like that segment. I mean, it's definitely like that's campy. Like this is the camp that works. Like you're like people don't act like this, but it's it's I like it. And then, uh, you know, he shows him the pool, and then they are like, oh, he like he had blood on him, and you're like, okay, he got bit. Like you're obviously, it's obvious that this guy is gonna turn into a zombie. So then he turns into a zombie, he kills the nerd character, and then, um, at this, I guess they lose him at this point, and, and they're like, oh, let's go into the safe room, we'll, we'll just lock ourselves away, and Jason's character says, no, if we lock ourselves away, how are we supposed to film this, and, and the narrator, like, the, the girlfriend, says, yeah, that's the whole point, we're surviving, and he says, that's not surviving, like, I want to film this, like, I'll go, like, we have weapons, we can handle the problem, and, this is where I think it would have been interesting where it's like you're you're not interested in documenting survival. You're interested in making like a snuff film because we get that segment when the when he finally turns into a zombie that he goes after the the Texan girl and it's just a recreation of the beginning scene. Yeah. And and this is when it's very clear that Jay is not interested in documenting survival because he's essentially filming a snuff film. He's watching this guy, this zombie, chase this this uh, his one of his friends, and he is not interested in helping her. She's even like, "You bastard! Like, help me!" And he's like, "Oh, I'm distracting! I'm distracting him! Cut! Cut! Cut!" And he's just like yelling, "Cut!" And it's not working. And you're like, "People don't do this unless you go the route of he's changed so much that." He's like the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character from Nightcrawler, where he's just interested in getting the shot. If it bleeds, it leads, and and this is where again George Romero is is contradicting himself with what he's with, with what he's saying. And that in the beginning of the film, oh, strong female character. Why do I got to show my boobs? Why am I always running? And then the exact fucking thing happens at the end of the movie. You're like, so was that supposed to be clever or something? Was that supposed to be like a joke? Because it wasn't funny, and you just kind of you you contradicted yourself. So I I don't know what you're going for, George. And then you get the segment. This is again where the music doesn't make sense because she gets a big stick and like knocks him out. She says, "Don't mess with Texas." And then it's like the Alamo March starts playing. It's weird. And she and and then and then she gets in the. Uh, in the van, she says, you know what, like, you take the house, I'll take the car, and she drives away, and meanwhile, playing this, you know, this Alamo, like, remember the Alamo march, and you're like, what the, what the hell is this, so, 
I don't know. And then we get to the end where he says, I don't want to, I don't, like I already discussed, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to film this. And then, you know, the mummy zombie comes back in and bites him in the neck. And we get this stupid kill where his head gets just ripped up, the like the CGI kill. And then, you know, the, the girlfriend character kills Jay because he's bitten. Yeah. And then, and then we get this non-emotional closing... scene. And then we get this closing dialogue of, oh, I, I'm, I've finished the film, blah, blah, blah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, the brutality of man, kind of what happens at the end of Night of the Living Dead, and that, you know, you we see all these images of just, you know, people going around and, you know, hanging zombies and shooting them and mistreating them. You're like, okay, Which, and then the like, film comes ends. out of left field, too. I don't like that, so... There's a lot of things I don't... Because there's a lot of things I don't like about this movie, because nothing is... Because ultimately, it's, it's, it's like... He's trying to have a commentary about, like I said the mass media propaganda machine, but he also has all these mini commentaries that kind of not overshadow, but it distorts that message because it's so unfocused. It's not because if this film was trying to be a, um, like a commentary on those on, on horror films, or it's trying to be like super meta and like these stereotypes, blah, 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 and trying to rework them. The film would work so much better, but it doesn't do that. I feel like that that's such an afterthought that this happens well, and, it's, and it's, I, and it's like it's self-aware of itself to an extent and then it ultimately gets lost in its own like bullshit and i guess this is where i can get into my closing thoughts is that i ultimately think that diary of the dead was made by an old school traditional filmmaker that doesn't understand the found footage genre how to properly utilize it or and maybe he was just jumping on this cash grab that was 2006 through 2010 with the found footage genre and how successful it it is ultimately became and because in that in that year or in those years that's we we had seen just a slew of of just copycats of paranormal activity and Blair Witch and i feel like his big inspiration was Blair Witch with this conceit that they're filming everything but why it works in Blair Witch is, you know, they're just literally walking in the woods, and it makes sense for the character of Heather, but, you know, I don't know anything about Jay other than he likes making movies, but that doesn't, that's not enough justification for him to film literally everything, even when it doesn't make any sense, and, and there's no, you know, like, come to Jesus moment where he ultimately says, like, I did this because, like, you're right, I did this because of the sensationalized media. Like, and that would at least bring it kind of home in that it would say, okay, it even, like, this, this, this mass, um, this corruption even gets the idyllic, uh, or the idealist filmmaker. So, I don't know, it's like a poison, but they don't go that route. So, I just think that this film is extremely unfocused. It's entertaining to a degree but it's also frustrating i one of the notes i said was going into this was don't take this seriously because that's going to completely ruin your experience but i also midway through my notes i remember saying like i was drinking when i was watching this movie and drinking definitely made this movie a lot more fun because i wasn't it just helped me not take it so seriously. Now, I'm sure other people might be drinking and it just would infuriate them more, but I, it kind of just reinforced don't take this seriously. And, But still, even drinking couldn't save this movie for me. Like, this isn't... this. I wouldn't even say this is a fun time with, with drinking. So I'm just going to go into my, uh, my recommendation as well, and I'm going to give Diary of the Dead 
I don't know, a 4.5 out of 10. Like, it's just so unfocused, and it's not even, like, what it does right, it doesn't even do it consistently enough. And and honestly, I like Survival of the Dead way more than this film, but it's kind of the inverse of how people responded to the films. I think I think with Romero, as time went on, people just started getting annoyed with his, his like, he's just an old man making... A, like a genre that he should have like he he's way past his prime if that's what people were saying i don't necessarily agree with that but i think that this is definitely a misfire in the romero dead saga canon so yeah i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of 10 if you want to if you want to enjoy it you know pound some brews back and and don't take it so seriously and i think you'll have some fun with it but you know ultimately yeah yeah it's literally that's like the encapsulation just meh I'd probably give it a 3.5 or a 4 out of 4 stars out of 10. Uh, just because it's it's simply, like, not really a great movie. And I know I recommended it, but, I again, it's it's I wanted to do both sides of the George Romero spectrum on this one. And it just, it isn't, it isn't a good movie. It's too unfocused. It is, it is the remnants of a, a talented filmmaker trying, I guess, to experiment with a new budding genre at that time and just not, you just can't do it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks apparently. And, you know, and like I said, for the, I mean, for the sake of just, you know, I'm sorry for repeating myself a lot through this review, but if he just reworked the script and what he was trying to get at and just kind of leave the social commentary, like not like you can have some social commentary, but don't make it your, the main driving force of your narrative because it's it's not it's not even a good comment he doesn't even do it uh, effectively but if he just kind of reworked it in a different way it could have worked but he decided not to do that so that's why i think this film ultimately fails in a lot of ways but yeah so that's kind of what all i had to say also so i gave it i gave it my star rating but also what i recommended to my girlfriend no it's, yeah, it's no, just she, not. It's not good. It's not necessarily. No, she, it's not really a good movie. And she wouldn't. I'd rather. I'd rather show her good genre pieces than Diary of the Dead. So movies that utilize the things that we have problems with in this film much better and more effectively. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to her. Yeah, I told. I I knowing your girlfriend. I and I wouldn't. I would not recommend this to my girlfriend either. But. You know, it's just there There are way better zombie films out there, whether they're more contemporary or they're classics. There, there are much better zombie films out there. So, you know, with that, guys, that concludes this episode of Amateur Auteurs. Thanks again for always listening, and you could always follow us at AuteursPod on Twitter or email us with, with any questions, comments, or concerns at theamateurauteurspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening, thanks for the support, and we'll see you next time on Amateur Auteurs. Thank you.